Just remember, there's a special place in hell for women who don't help each other. Welcome to A Special Place in Hell, the podcast where an aging Gen X author and a self-hating millennial activist come together to thoroughly and conclusively solve our culture war problems with our combined wit, wisdom, and most importantly, lived experiences. I am the aging Gen X author, Megan Daum, and with me is the self-hating millennial, Sarah Hader. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Megan. What's your uh, self-hate uh ometer registering today um not too high not too high i haven't um you know i mean the queen just died yeah we found out today it can make you hate yourself just feel like you haven't really accomplished anything in life you know according to the crown she didn't do anything either according to twitter she was an asshole we're we're already on that you know oh really it hasn't even been 12 hours i haven't been on twitter We're, we're unpacking her her complicated legacy, her prob- oh, no. problematic legacy. Gosh, yeah. I feel like she didn't do. I mean, so is the crown wrong? I, I mean, never, this, I never this... watched that. I, oh, I have really? no interest in the royals, actually, very little. Well, so I, I don't either. But the crown is a great, like beautifully produced show, in which nothing happens. Okay. So if if you're if you're into that. Which I kind of am. Like when I'm working, I like to have like something that I don't actually have to pay attention to because nothing happens. Um, you mean you the- like you work while you watch TV? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! See, yeah. Well, I, no, no, no. I can't. It can't be like writing work. It can't be like so. You know, the kind of work where my all of my being needs to be into it. But you know, um, more day to day admin tasks. Like, you can know. you write an email while you're? have the yeah. tv on oh my god yeah, see yeah. I, I can't even i can't do that like i ha- if i'm listening to a podcast or something like that i have to pause it if i'm going to do anything that requires like stringing words together yeah yeah i've, I've gotten pretty good at it and it, and there's also lots of tasks you know when you're just doing like managerial work bookkeeping like receipts you know i, like, I, there's, I, there's I don't this, do that i wouldn't know anything about bookkeeping <laughs> i just don't do it but, the, but there's all this like stuff that you don't you don't need to have like 100 percent of your brain on for um and so i really value shows in which you know the plot is just like not even a plot like there's no nothing happens everyone's just very dramatic the acting is so good the mm-hmm. scenes the setting everything gorgeous so 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 beautifully done so detail oriented and yet you know well, Yet again, I'm glad you're watching it, it with both uh, eyes so, on the screen. It's, well, if it's so beautifully done and detail One eye, one eye, one eye, and that eye appreciates the the detail that goes into the show. Just it's a beautifully produced, just beautifully produced show. It's one of those things like makes you happy about you know living in this modern time where TV shows like one episode of a TV show is better produced, more intelligently done than you know some movies. I know, isn't day, it yeah. amazing? Yeah. Movies, movies suck. But it's just like the 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 endless hunger for content. I mean, mm-hmm. you just see like all these shows, show after show after show. They're so good. They're so well done. And you just, if you take a step back, it's like the the population, like human civilization, has become Western civilization anyway, yeah. has become like just absolutely addicted to content and yeah. like just yeah. chewing yeah. it up and swallowing it, and then more, 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 more. 
And here we are producing content. And we're producing it. Yeah, I know. And yet, and it's, I was thinking about the, actually, I was thinking about the concept of, of content because, you know, it's like when you do a podcast, what really matters is your, your downloads. Like it doesn't even matter like how good the show is necessarily. It's like how many, like what kind of numbers you have. And so in this mo, I was thinking like, this is the kind of thing I would maybe write a piece about if I was writing this kind of piece, like in this time of constant consumption of content the actual content itself is not that important to people sometimes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. weirdly it's not it depends on the content as to how like you would think that the quality would go down overall because there's so much content i mean and uh, yeah i mean yes and actually it's pretty i mean but we only listen to the we only pay attention to the stuff that's high quality so i i would assume that 95 percent of it is low quality if you're talking about podcasts yeah yeah, yeah. And that kind that's, of stuff mm-hmm. yeah but, and um, youtube people are always watching <sighs> youtube people are I, that's one thing that i haven't i'm not a full millennial about you know i just don't i don't get youtube i don't watch youtube i don't understand youtube i hear about youtubers after they've been like covered by vox or something you know like mm-hmm. there's like a profile on them somewhere else and i'm like oh this is a person right um yeah but it people have uh, YouTube on all the time. Just you, in the oh, background. you mean like in the background, the way people, yeah, yeah, the yeah. way people have on MSNBC on the background, in, in the background, if they're good yeah. liberals, and yeah, then they go yeah. um, hyperventilating about about yeah. it. Yeah, and pe- really. people know me a lot. A lot of the people that know me know me through YouTube, which is crazy because like I've never, I don't really actively do anything on YouTube, um, save for an interview here and there. But I don't, you know, I don't produce most of those. Oh, really? My work is Twitter, sadly. <laughs> Yeah. embarrassingly that's, that's my uh, it's my work and my and my that's, baby that's, yeah. I, that's both but we were i mean because we were talking the other day about whether or not we should do a video like do this podcast on video and have it on youtube and so I just, yeah it makes maybe. me i'm just like dying a little death even thinking about that but i think you had a point that that's what people would want work. People want it. People, people, because it's it's just it's just a vehicle that people really enjoy um, consuming content <sighs> on, and they want to look at our faces. But I they guess. don't want to. Okay, but here's: do they really want to? Because this people need to understand that if 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 girls are on video, we have to get right. We can't just look like shit. The the guy podcasters, I think it's actually in the plus column if they look terrible. Because they're relatable. <laughs> and if we looked terrible, everyone would just be like gross and we would be written off. And so it's a lot of extra work. You know, we should we should have on those. There's amazing filters nowadays and we should just oh, really? max them all out and look gorgeous. And every, But everybody knows that this is not the real us, and it's, but, but they're enjoying it. I don't it. even know. I'm so old. I don't know how to use the filters. <laughs> See, isn't it ironic? The, old, the more you need oh, the you filters, tar- the less yeah. you know how to operate them. But how, what can it, I mean, can it actually like, it can do everything. I iron your shirt for it you. Can, like, <laughs> no, I mean. but it can give you beautiful eyes. It can clear up your skin. Um, what about yeah, your was, hair? What about hair? Do, I, like I, don't know, you, I don't know about hair. Cause sometimes oh, my, my hair, my hair does like weird things a yeah. lot of the time. Mm. I, I think know. if you have a pretty enough face, like people aren't paying that much attention to your hair. But then they look at your, and then you, they look at your background and your room and your Zoom room. All of this I is just, fixable through filters, definitely. It's not going to fix know that's your sure. room. I mean, or but you they can just have blur the, it. The blur. They just blur oh, it. I think that you blurry have... thing is kind of creepy. It is. It's just like a floating head. <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, I would be curious. 
like our audience, how much they would care. I know that they like us, they love us for our minds, but I wonder mm. how much they would like get on our case if we, if we looked bad, like somebody like Tim Dillon, who is brilliant, of course, and highly, highly entertaining. Like his, he's supposed to look bad. You know what I mean? Like that's part of why people love him. <laughs> but I don't, is there a female equivalent of Tim Dillon? Someone who looks bad. Um, no, like a very hilarious, brilliant, talented woman. Okay, well, there's no just funny women like to a begin slob. with. So there's, oh. there's that. Well, well <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> their women aren't funny. I mean, actually, there, are, I actually wrote about this. There, there's, I, I believe that there's a biological co- reason that women aren't funny. Um, oh, like you, you did. Like, like I'm participate Hitchens. in the. Oh, okay. I did. When okay. he died, I actually wrote a column about this, and I had a very feminist point. I can't remember what it was, but it was good because Katha Pollitt, who's a famous feminist, she wrote to me and she said, "I know you, that you were making a feminist point, but you're still wrong, and that you were that was a stupid column." But I know I, I understand that you were trying to be feminist. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. So I'm just like, yeah. Are there any? I don't. I I do not think that. There are any female like YouTubers that don't who aren't cute. Yeah, aren't cute. you have to. You have to do it. You have to do it. Um, so yeah, we. I think we should try. That's what. That's so. That's I where th- I'm landing. People. Okay, but I think end. we're that's- gonna only try if if we get more paid subscribers who can contribute to like the hair and makeup. So yeah, fund. the hair and makeup, like hiring somebody to come and that's do it. Really all for good us. use of money. That's really your hard-earned I mean, dollars. Well, it is true that it's a whole hour of Ugh. prep. It, that is true. Because right now I am sitting, I am in my pajamas, and I've been in my pajamas all day. And you're you're drinking vodka. And I'm drinking vodka. You're, you've been in your pajamas all day? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Are they, like, footy pajamas? Like, do they, <laughs> what are they, do they have, like, Sadly, like, they are not trains? footy pajamas. What, like, they're what just, are they? they're actually pretty cute pajamas. Um, They're, like, uh, fancy, you know, like, grown-up pajamas. Fancy um, grown-up pajamas. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, I see. Is you know, like, of... long sleeves and oh, buttons. Oh, they kind of, like, they're a, very, like, like, a, like, a sort of, like, ethereal, like, woman, like, looking yeah, at the window. Yeah, yeah, like, I'm a very, drinking yeah. Mm-hmm. Her tea. Yeah, like, l'air du temps. Like it would be like mm-hmm. the old, and I know you don't get that reference, but no, I don't. Like but L'Air but du Temps, it would be like an, an advertisement. Sounds right. It yes. sounds. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah, because those, yeah, podcasting goes very nicely with that kind of aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. perfume, woman wafting, you know, willowy woman with scent wafting through the air as she speaks into a microphone for her podcast. Yeah. So anyway, maybe we'll maybe we'll go video, but people should tell us what they think about that. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, oh, but the but the queen. Okay. So this is what I was going to say. I this is my unpopular opinion about the royals. I love Camilla Parker Bowles. Whoa. Yeah, I do. I you have to explain it. I think that I think that Camilla and Charles are one of the great love stories of our time. Charles, though. I mean, who cares? I don't, I'm not saying about them in particular, I, I like, but like their story, they were, they were in love and their love was forbidden. And they, they met when they were like children and they always loved each other, but she was considered unsuitable. And uh, then she sort of was forced to marry somebody else and he was forced to marry Diana. And, th- but they were still, you know, they just, it was, they were, you know, she, Diana, of course, famously said there were three of us in the marriage. I mean, it's terrible for Diana. Look, the whole thing is terrible. The way that the royals operate in this way with these 
well, you know, we talked about arranged marriages. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe you have a different take on this. Yeah, I but- mean, it, it definitely feels very, it feels familiar. Yes. The kind of arrangement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think it's like they wanted to be together all this time and then they couldn't be for whatever reason. And then even after Diana died and then they were together for a long time, but they couldn't get married because the church of England didn't allow like a monarch who was going to, you know, inherit the throne was not allowed to marry a divorcee. And, um, I think there was something I was reading, like Camilla was, you know, considered unsuitable, even, you know, back in the day before Diana came, came along because she just, she had like dated other men. It's like her past, there was some <laughs> quote, like her past was, um, I actually wrote it down. It was great. You don't want a past that hangs about. What? That was, yeah, it was a, the biographer. Um, yeah, it was, uh, I was watching a, uh, one of the biographers of one of the royals, maybe it's Prince Charles biographer. Yeah. So Camilla had a past that, that hung about in the air and that's not something that you want for the, mm. you know, somebody who's going to inherit the throne. So anyway, I just love it that they're together now, finally. And um, she's accept, she was accepted into the family and now she's going to be the queen consort, which sounds a little bit like queen prostitute, but yeah. Why does it sound that way? I don't know. Because con- cons- Consor- con- consort, yeah. it just sounds like you're you're consorting with, mm-hmm. you know, um, a bad element or something. But yeah, so that's well, good what for I her. Think. Good for her. I don't like Charles for some reason. Well, I mean, who's something who's, about there's him? Nothing. And I mean, he's, everything I've read and I've seen him like speeches and his opinions are dumb. And I, you know, I just he's not really I, known for his opinions. I mean, yeah. what, what are his his takes are terrible. It, right, Prince Charles. Yeah, how old is he now? Oh, he's like a million. I thought he was going to die before Elizabeth. He's mm. in his 70s. Yikes. Oh, yeah. Prince William Poor is going to be the king very soon. That's mm. my guess. Well, I mean, not very soon. Like in the not cer- very soon, Certainly like in the next 30 f- 15. Years, I mean. No. <laughs> if Prince Charles is in his 70s, he's, if, unless he lives to be he in his He could live 96. His <laughs> mom lived till she's Maybe. 96. Maybe. His dad is... Yeah. yeah. How, how long did his dad live? I don't know. But, you know, For a she, while. she lived. Yeah. Queen Elizabeth. But w- women outlive men. Anyway, whatever. So um, and Camilla is a little older than Charles, too. That's kind of kind of sexy. So mm. uh, anyway, so that was uh, that was that, that was my take. And I don't have an opinion otherwise. about the Yeah. Queen. I mean, I don't know anything about them other than what I've seen on like fictionalized tv dramas so i have nothing to add other than the fact that my mom is obsessed with the royals which is super annoying was she Um, upset at the news i haven't talked to her yet but i guess i'm gonna have like a whole (laughs) conversation but she's so into the megan markle drama oh yeah she has a lot of opinions she thinks megan is being mistreated terribly but she's just so she's she she's she's so obsessed she's so into megan markle I don't know what to do about it. I don't want to tell her about my feelings towards Meghan Markle. I don't know what what is the correct opinion to have about Meghan Markle because I just never followed her that much. She's people, annoying, I think. Yeah, I think she's a narcissistic borderline personality. She's a cluster B personality type is the sense I'm getting. But I don't – who am I to say? I, I mean, it's hard to tell with somebody so weirdly exposed like that, you know, because I think it's so easy to come across as crazy even if you're not crazy and there's – 
there's something about the the, the world she's in that's crazy making, exactly. even if she's not crazy. So the, the I I I, I kind of feel like I understand I understand that she's the underdog in a lot of ways. I also feel as if she is whipping up a kind of narrative around her. Um, and I I it's interesting because Americans are very pro Megan, and the the Brits well, because I know, she hate is her. an American. They hate her. They right. hate her so much. And they're unfair. They're unfair, honestly. I mean, even though I don't like Meghan Markle, but they, they're unfair. <laughs> hmm. Because they're she's, like, she's not classy. No. Look at this dress. It's a, uh, not classy. It doesn't fit. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, they have all these criticisms that are like teeny tiny little things that she's doing and she's doing them all wrong. Right. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Her that's podcast. So I know I, I haven't really listened to her podcast. I, I listened to a couple of clips of it. And I know you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but a couple of people suggested that we talk about it. And I do think it might be worth talking about because <laughs> it is an example of content. And yeah, I don't I, I don't understand where she gets why is she a media personality? She's because an actress, everybody has a podcast. Kind of bad. I yeah, mean, that's the like, thing. It's like I wonder if she is she, she is this, it's, she had that Spotify deal. I mean, major like. 20 oh million gosh, so much money something oh. like that right and she, they didn't imagine? get it together for 18 months or something oh my god and then like i'm imagining like we you know we have all these like technical issues all the time i'm just imagining her like sitting in her room like trying to get the zencaster recording <laughs> in her face to work she'd be like can you hear me can you hear me what's wrong with this fuck shit blah, blah, blah. and it'd be like that that's because that's how everybody else is <laughs> yeah yeah and she's getting i mean and it doesn't matter how it does because she's she's got the money in, at the end of the day. Yeah, and she but the thing is it's very you go girl. It's it's about um it's about the it's about intersectionality. It's about the intersection between uh race and gender, I believe. So she talked to Serena Williams, she talked to Mariah Carey, and she talked a lot about how hard it is for her Megan as a woman, woman of color. Honestly, I thought she was white. I, I um, yeah. until somebody well, until until it was all like, oh she's I mean, black. her name is Megan, obviously she's Her name white. is Meg. Well, <laughs> She, but she, I, she's within the realm of what white people can look like, in my view. Like, there's Italians, there's people in New York that look like that, that you know, and they're just, yeah. and they're white. Um, it didn't occur to me at all that she was not white or didn't identify that way or well, her, whatever. I know. Until yeah. um, it just became a big issue in the media. Right. Uh, yeah, her mother is, I guess her father's white. Her mother's black. I mean, her mother. But even her mother is like, you know, light skinned herself. You know, but her so mother it's, definitely it's... looks like a like a black woman. Oh, she does. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was okay. yeah interesting to see mother mother of the bride at the at the wedding. I mean, it was nice. Mm. It was actually really mm -hmm. lovely. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, but that's it. That's her, our boring thoughts. Her. Huh? Uh, yeah. Anyway, so if people wanted us to talk about the, her podcast, they should tell us exactly what they want us to say just tell us what you want us to say because we'll, we'll say it. tell us what you want us to listen to because honestly <laughs> i can't listen to her she doesn't say anything i i, I listened to clips and it was it's, boring it's very I don't, female empowermenty it's, it's it's like a lot of like it sounds very 2015 if you know what i mean mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i do know what you mean and uh that sounds terrible i don't want to put myself through that so i'm not if you if somebody wants us to comment on something send us the link to like the exact clip <laughs> <laughs> start <Yeah>. and end <laughs> and yeah that's and, a good uh, idea they can do that and we'll do that yeah um um so so yeah we had a great episode uh last week with camille with camille foster our first guest ever mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It was a great, I was, um, great get. That was a great get. And he was a he's a he's a he's a man. You know what I mean? And he's almost too he's almost like too well situated. You know, he's like he's he's too, um, you know, uh, uh, he doesn't have any problems. Yeah, he doesn't have. Yeah, yeah, he needs he needs to be somebody with with some issues going on. Yeah, he's you know? not like fucked up at all. Not at all. Not but not at not all. Not that we know. It's of the anyway. opposite. It's the opposite. He right. just he's just you know, confident and normal and has all these healthy opinions about things. Yeah, that's annoying. Um, I thought he was a little bit too <laughs> reasonable about a couple so of things. So reasonable. So reasonable. Yeah. I felt like I was sounding a little crazy towards the end there. But probably because I am crazy compared to like a normal, like re- like a reasonable, healthy person. Well, about which, what which, topic, you mean? Um, Towards the end in the bonus section um, where we were both like, Gender. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, we were out of our minds. <laughs> Guys, if you didn't if you don't subscribe, if you're not a paid subscriber, you better become one now because it's wild. And he was just on. yeah, he was no well no, it, no, she's, she's it was it was it was fine. It was, but we was we dead. were obviously a little hysterical about it. Yeah, well he's little, not, he's not following just like, he's not following it, obviously. The yeah. gender like yeah, he he thought that gender ideology was not that big a deal. Am I characterizing that? Ad- uh, compared accurately. to us, yeah. Compared to us, yeah. I mean, he thought there were some problems with the discourse, and we need to be more open about this and discuss this more openly. But he wasn't like the way that we are, hair on fire kind of uh, situation. It wasn't that, um, and you know, uh, it was. So it was that was really good. Um, I think it was good to have like the, this is what a, this is what a healthy, you know, smart man with a good home life looks like and now we should just get a bunch of fucked up people to compare that to i don't think that'll be too hard yeah Yeah. but you know one thing and i do want to talk with you about this because i was really struck by what he had to say about just being with his wife for so long they met when they were teenagers and they were both pretty religious from evangelical backgrounds so you know it was kind of innocent dating romance kind of thing for a long time but nonetheless he's never been in the dating pool he's never been single and he's been they have a really healthy marriage and they've grown together and evolved together and he said that it made him it was just it it took a lot off of his plate and made him able to accomplish the other things in the world like it made him less he didn't have the distraction of having to deal with like that part of life and that he saw that as a tremendous asset. And I thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I wonder mm-hmm. what you think about that. I mean, I I agree with that to some, like, I mean, in the sense that I've been uh, with my husband for a very long time, like m- much of my adult life. And I don't, you know, even before him, I, I'm just a very serial monogamist. So I never spent huge amounts of time in the dating world as a as a single person and i'm glad of it you know i just thought it okay i got lucky and then i get lucky again and that's great you know um uh but it's it's nice to not have that drama on a day-to-day basis um it's nice to not have to think about it this is why i think polyamorous people like i'm I, i'm totally accepting of the lifestyle i just think it's crazy no they, they're the hardest it's crazy because in show business well right because what you, i mean you're just inserting these problems into your life yeah um you know and, and to me it's just like oh great i'm not dating thank god you know like oh 
like what a relief to not be worried about that. And, and I think it has made my relationships with men, um, uh, healthier in general like you know i just i yeah because it's not that t- the tension that that it's never there. off the right. table you don't have it's, to worry that the person's flirting with you or vice versa you can just be yourself you can yes, be normal and yes, that's yes 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 and i i enjoy that a lot i enjoy being able to be myself i enjoy just you know you know just just getting it off the table like look i'm i'm married and that's it. And then now, now we can just have a friendship. Yeah. You know, now, now we can I, just move away. I, from I, when that. I was married, I really, I liked that. Mm-hmm. That was the best thing about marriage. No, <laughs> <laughs> best thing about marriage is that you can flirt with other men and, uh, you know, it's not, and or, you're not yeah, actually I mean, flirting with them. Yeah. I mean, before it's like anything that could be perceived as flirting, you know, smiling too much, whatever, all, all this touching, like that, mm. that you just have to be very careful about doing um, you know, too much of in any given time. And now I feel like I can just relax because it, they know where I'm at and they know that there's a limit to things. So even if, even if there's like, you know, a little bit of flirting or whatever, just having a good time together, they know that there is a strict, like right. there's a wall, right? right. And we're not going to cross it, which is great. That's great. That gives us a lot of freedom to play around in. And, you know, and I, 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 you know, I, I think it's made my relationships with my male friends better. In a lot of ways. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Because otherwise they would all be chasing you and trying to date you and it'd be super awkward. Meh, no, no they, pro- they, that, but... they would. I'm sure they, <laughs> they would. But it's, but you know, the thing is, I mean, I was thinking about this, the way I was programmed, I don't think I ever would have been able to get my mind around that. Like when I was in my twenties, the idea of, of settling down or like committing to somebody in your twenties, I saw that as fucking up your life. Mm. Um, and why? Um, because I think I just thought that I I had this idea that like I was just going to get better as I got older <laughs> and I would then attract a higher value mate the older I got. So how much older? You know, like 45. Like- no, <laughs> but, I, but well, I mean, the, I mean, there's a like there's a like a lot going on here. Like it's I think it's a combination of. Uh, it's so many things. I mean, it's just the the particular dynamics of my family. And then I think just sort of growing up in the 80s. And there was this idea, I think second wave feminism sort of had a, there was this idea of like the yuppie, like the 80s kind of, you know, upper, you know, the high achieving, high status person in the eighties was like somebody who like 30 something, like you would Mm. get married in your early thirties. Like you would not 20 something was to, you know, live in the city and go on a lot of dates and run around. And then, you know, when you hit 30 or that's when you got, got married. Like I remember having conversations with women and they would say like, well, I don't, I have to, I have to time this exactly right, meeting the right person. Cause I, I can only get married. I can't get married before I'm 28 and I can't get married after I'm 32. So I got to wow. like land this exact window because if I get married before I'm 28, then I'm some kind of like, I'm like, it's not sophisticated. That, yeah. that was the feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. But now I look back on the people that I, that got married in their twenties. Like a lot of people I went to high school with, for instance, not and a little bit college but yeah but and they have actually the best the best marriages at the end of the day and Mm -hmm. I I probably looked down my nose at them but you know but it's also I think you know so I had Louise Perry is the guest on the unspeakable uh this week 
and uh you know she she's she wrote this book the case against the sexual revolution we talked about her a couple episodes ago and she talks a lot about this too that you know mate selection you're you're better off finding somebody in college when you're in your early 20s than trying to like you know keep keep gambling like you know just you mm-hmm. should just quit while you're ahead and i i do agree with you know what what camille was saying which is that it was it allows you to get so much more done otherwise when mm-hmm. you're just not when this is something that you've handled and it's not to say marriage is easy of course it isn't there's there's work everybody talks about it. it's true but it's not as much it's not what dating is dating oh, is no. real well, work especially <laughs> with the apps but here i actually now that i'm thinking about this I wonder if the apps have added to the labor of dating. Hmm. I mean, because before the apps, you just kind of lived your life. I mean, it depends on your personality. If some people yeah. were going out all the time, constantly trying to meet somebody like anybody, he, you know, the right person could be anywhere kind of thing. I, I have never lived my life that way. I just refuse to. It's not, I just can't. But the apps have turned it into something that could conceivably be a full-time job yeah it's like a homework you go you're like you're like filing paperwork you're you're going through applications before you're yeah before you see, actually that i never i never had to deal with that i think what what camille was saying about how it's just it's almost like a secret weapon like if your personal life if your relationship if your domestic life is sort of taken care of that's in the bag it yeah. frees you up to do all of this other stuff. And I, that is a concept I would never have understood. It, when I was in my 20s, I would have said, that makes no sense at all. If I settle down with somebody, I'm going to be hampered. I'm going to be, I'm not going to be able to reach my full potential. I, I saw being with somebody as preventing me from reaching really? my full potential. But that's mm. because, but like, I also had boyfriends that mm-hmm. they, you know, it was no fault of theirs. They just like worked for whatever reason keeping me from being what I should be. Like I would outgrow that. Like I would date a lot of older guys and then I would outgrow them kind of Mm. thing. Like Mm. after a year or so, a couple of years. Yeah. I, so I, I guess that, that spells a difference between, you know, a, a, a partnership. It doesn't even have to be a marriage, but a partnership that is, you know, healthy and strong, like what, what Camille was pointing to and one that, uh, is really confining because I, I, I don't think it's the institution of marriage or, or or being with somebody for a very long time that necessarily leads you to, you know, not reaching a potential. I feel like in my marriage, I have reached heights that I would not have mm-hmm. otherwise. You know, I, I actually think by myself, I would have been a less interesting person. I think I would have been a less accomplished person in many ways. Um, so I, I, I feel enriched by the relationship. And that's because your husband like understands exactly what you're trying to do and like how, and also like he's, you have that extra support, like you could take risks maybe. It's, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, 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 it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of the, the, the support aspect that there's certain things are handled. And when you're, when you're just, when you're living together with another, with another adult, there's certain like legit, just aspects of living that are easier. See, um, I, and that's it's so hard to live with somebody. I I really, know. Well, is so, it because well, that you've lived like? Is it because you had been single for quite some time? Yeah, I think you do get marriage? set in your ways. I think that's definitely true. And in fact, like I was reading something a few years ago. Now, I mean, when they were building the sort of McMansion housing boom, 
it was very common to have um, his and hers wings of the house. <laughs> so like there would be like her bedroom on one side and his on the other. I mean, that's not the same as obviously they're living in the same house, but yeah, people, people want their space. I think, I think that's a little, that's, so that's a little weird to me, but I, I, you know, to each their own, if that works for you, if that's what you need. I mean, not that you are, separate you bedrooms can be actually, but I know a lot of people who have separate bedrooms and, but that doesn't mean they never have sex or that doesn't mean they don't sleep together. Oh but like, God, but I would hate sleeping alone. I hate sleeping alone. Really? Like, yeah. What if the I person snores it. or ugh. my husband snores? Like, How it's can terrible. you take that? Um, ear, earbuds, like there, there, there's, there's these little i've tried i know i've tried everything i know yeah you do do, i do the earbuds and and learn to sleep through it but i hate sleeping alone i hate it i hate it um i've always hated it i continue to hate it like at at times where we we, when we go to bed at different times which is sometimes often actually um those couple of hours i have like nightmares throughout it's yeah like like a baby i'm like yeah like a kid i just i need like that warm human body near me and i it, it just it, it helps me feel safe and it, it it puts me in the right mood there was somebody i think elon musk or something some tech dude who said something about this um that he hates sleeping alone he hates being single and i totally get it i was like i get it <laughs> yeah but he seems alone. to exert a lot of effort with his relationships see i don't think that he uh yeah it's not like he he, he has to devote a lot of time to his marriages and divorces and almost divorces and his kids. Do you think so? I think he probably has somebody who handles. No, I know. I mean, I this. yeah, but he still is in and he's out rich of, enough that you can right. But he's in and out. Of, I think he has relationship drama. Is what I'm saying. Oh, right, right, right. He definitely yes. has relationship drama, and that that I would imagine is like an energy suck for him. But obviously, well, but he's matter. he's asking he has, for he it. He's just he's impregnating every other woman. Just he's just he he wants all these. I get it. Is this I some think sort of Genghis I... Khan thing? I <laughs> know. Uh, seriously, what do you know about this? Because I, do, I don't know rumors. anything. But I I get it. I think if I was him, I had that much money, and I could just do it. I think I would. If you were a guy, not a if girl, I was a not guy. A woman. Of course, of course, yeah, not of a course. woman, not a woman. Now, a woman cannot have 10 babies and accomplish all that. Unless you're conservative. Because um, I think, didn't we talk about this? Conservative women, like Phyllis can kind Schlafly, of yeah. and, and Amy, Amy Coney Barrett can do it. But this guy, I mean, he's, he's, he's getting on in age, you know, I mean, he would, he would, he would need to stop if he was a woman, like for his own health, really, oh, yeah. and for the health of his babies. But as, but he, but he's a man and he doesn't need to. And right. I, some people find it bizarre and they, they, they think he's strange for doing it and um, kind of knock him for doing it. But I, I feel like if, if you can, you're a man, you have the freedom and there's willing women. They're like, well, that's hey. the thing. Can you, I mean, if you're a woman who's like, you know, un, if you're single and you want to have a child and you can't find anybody and Elon Musk offered to knock you up. I mean, that is a deal. That's a great deal. Oh my exactly. God. I think that's a great deal. I think if you if you're in yet yeah, in the position that you describe, you're a smart um career oriented woman, whatever, you know, for whatever reason, it hasn't happened for you. You're 35. You're thinking. I need to get pregnant now and it's important to me to have a child. It's more important than, than necessarily a partner's around. And then Elon Musk can give you some amount of financial support, some amount, probably forever. So that aspect is dealt with, you know, Um, you're doing a lot of the labor on your own, but that's okay. You know, for, for, for women in certain scenarios, this is 
a good deal. Oh, and yeah. it, I, I would definitely, if I was there, like, the, didn't he knock up some like employee of his? Um, I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. But I did. think it might've been on, I mean, not, not, I mean, she, she, she wanted it. <laughs> she wanted, it wasn't an accident. Or, I yeah, don't, yeah. 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 Yes. I, yes. Yes. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. it was, it was planned. It was like, right. we will, we she will, we will, for it, we, will we will have a child together. I think that's what it was. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think they have a relationship. I think it was just a yeah. pure um, arrangement, like breeding yeah. arrangement. Yeah. And I totally get it. I, I think that that, it makes sense if you're in that situation. I think and- that's fine. But it's, again, this speaks to the unfairness of biology because if me- when men become fathers, I think there's even data, their salaries go up. And women, of course, salaries go down. It's, salaries it's go down. Hours unfair. go down. We yeah. disappear from the workplace post-childbirth, um, especially yeah. if you have small children. I think it, uh, in 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 the time that you're raising very small children, there's very like market decreases in productivity in general, um but also the desire to remain in 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 the workforce right. for a lot of women. So, so some women see like kind of a resurgence like they they their children go to elementary school or whatever and they no longer have to be there and be present all the time. And you get to a point where your child doesn't want you to be there all the time. Um and that's maybe a good time to start another career but you still but... have to think about i mean i just it's like you're always going to be worrying about that child you're never going to stop like i just don't see how you know fran Leibowitz. do you know who she is uh, she's like a very grouchy looking woman. okay i thought you were yeah. going to say yes yeah, she's a photographer okay no that that's annie Leibowitz. yes fran you're right she's a grouchy looking woman that's who fran Leibowitz. <laughs> correct um she's uh she's a raconteur and she's you know whatever she's a there's a she's a she's a writer she's a humorist social observer so there martin scorsese made this fantastic documentary about her called public speaking a while ago now i think it's probably from like 2005 or something and um you know she says like you know it's very hamp she's like a she's doesn't have kids she's a she's what you would call i would say a butch lesbian i don't know if you're i don't know if that concept exists anymore but she said uh you know having children is very unfair it's very unfair for women and that's just the way it is and like when they when they have the baby it's like they're thinking about the baby all the time and you know it's like that's great i think that's great but you know would you want a woman like that for your lawyer no i wouldn't (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's kind of true i guess it's kind of true i think it's kind of true um i so it's it's it, it it does vary a lot from woman to woman, but everyone is just it, there. There are the just general population, uh, you know, norms. Yeah, and f- definitely across the board, you know, my mother friends are far more, you know, just neurotic in terms of the daily needs of the child. Right. Uh, in a way that the fathers are not. You know, the fathers just you know drop the kid off the daycare. Bye. See ya. You right. know, and the mother's like staying outside. Are you is it okay? And they're like yes. having a discussion with the daycare provider and all these details that are really in, in the long it, 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 not really super relevant. See, that's the but thing. Is that necessary? It's not I, I don't think it's about the necessary. I think it's not something you can you can control really like Mm -hmm. as a mother, you know, it's just, it's an instinct and it feels better to have that, like that sense of closeness with the child to know what's going on with the child at all times in a way that I I think fathers don't, they don't need it. They don't desire. It doesn't make them feel more comfortable uh, with what they're doing. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I think there's there's aspects of just getting the kid into daycare or just into the care of other people that is nerve wracking for many women. I'm sure um, until they really trust the daycare provider or or preschool or whatever it is that the the, the child's doing. And when, when that level of trust is there, then the the mother can relax a little bit. But up until then, it it is nerve wracking, and you are thinking about it all the time. Um, you know, so I I. I've been thinking about this ever since I decided, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this and I'm going to have not just, you I mean, know, you have seven kids now. I have so seven kids already. And so maybe another seven, maybe another, you know, two, three, um, round it up. Yeah. Even 10 like a baker's dozen. Kind um, of thing. but it's definitely made me feel like, okay, well, there's a certain amount of my life that it, the second I have, you know, the first child, not even it, Pretend as if, like, I, I don't have anything else going on. I have no plans for any more children. You have one child. That child is, um, you know, your responsibility for a very, very, very long time and wants to be with you for a very, very long time, which is in itself is it's heart wrenching to yeah. to say to say it to a kid. No, you got to go there because mommy needs to do work. Um, so there, were, there was a point at which I, I thought to myself. Um, and we were discussing this earlier today. I was looking through your book, Megan, um, the collection of essays that you published. Mm, oh, that I edited. Which, yes. Oh, you edited. Um, which was a pretty hilarious title. Um, yeah. The book. It- so it's called <laughs> Selfish, Shallow and Self-Absorbed. 16 writers on the decision not to have kids. Yeah. Yeah. So I was I was reading through them just to, you know, uh, see how correct given my experience some of their fears about motherhood were and some of those people you know they 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 were right in in that they recognized motherhood as being something that would get in the way of the kind of stardom that they wanted to be in contention for you know they or mm-hmm. they, they just they wanted a chance to achieve something momentous um, to really participate in the world in a very active way, and they recognize motherhood would get in the way of that. And I thought, I mean, that's very pragmatic. You know, I, I, I can't, I can't call it selfish. I think it's, 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 it's reasonable. You know, yeah, uh, it's recognizing your own limitations and your own desires, and being upfront with yourself about it. Because it's, of course, everybody in the best case scenario, you're all we're all Elon Musk's, and we can have twenty babies, and it's not, it's not a problem. We can still also achieve a bunch of other things. Yeah. Um, but that's not the, that's just not the reality for a lot of people, and it's not the reality for women in particular. So to be, I think, mature enough to recognize this at a young age. Um, and be willful about it. I think there's there's something about that that I admire. Um, I'm kind of on the other, the flip side of that, which is that I also I also recognized that this would take a lot yeah. from my career. Yeah, and that you know grappled with the fact that okay maybe I'll never like w- once I do this you know once I have that that first kid, I'm now um, taking myself out of the running really. Um, you know, at least for the next 10, 15, 20, I mean, it depends on the kid. Cause you can also have a kid with special needs and oh then you're, then, yeah, then it's a oh, lifelong thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's what, and you're rolling your, the die on that. And, and, and of course that I, I knew going in that this, this was a possibility and was this acceptable to me? Were these terms acceptable to me? Um, and it, it was just so interesting to see women articulate that very clearly um, in, yeah. in, in their decision not to have well, kids. And I think, you know, I always want to make a point like we're, 
we're not saying, I mean, we, I shouldn't say collectively because everybody sort of has a different reason for not wanting kids, but I would never say it's impossible to do. I mean, obviously a lot of people do do it all. I just think that a lot of people, I think knowing your limitations is exactly the way to look at it. Like I just personally know that I don't have the temperament or the discipline or frankly, the interest. I mean, that's kind of what it came down to, to, to do all that. And I just think that, like, I think that sometimes the sort of issue of childlessness by choice or child-free, I hate that. I hate that term. <laughs> um, it kind of gets boiled down to people think that people are saying, well, if you, you know, if, if you do have children by definition, you're not going to be able to do anything. It's like, well, no, if you're a certain kind of person, you can't, it will work. Yeah. If you're a normal person and everything, it lines up, you know, in, in, in a very lucky way for you, you know? And I think that in many ways I am very lucky. So I, I, I'm careful not to present myself as somebody that even other women or other people can, can, you know, like a role model that they can, they can look up to in terms of what is accomplishable. Because I think my, a lot of my life is very blessed in a lot of ways. I have a very supportive husband. I have like the freedom to do certain things um, that not, not every woman has, you know? And, and then in addition to that, what you touched upon, just, you know, your own limitations, I'm not Sheryl Sandberg. I know that. You know, right. I'm reading this book and I'm like, oh my God, like this woman. Oh, lean you in. Know, she, yeah. Lean lean in, right? I'm, I'm going to lean she's, over. That was, I was going to um, write. But she starts me. with a story about how she's pregnant, like crazy pregnant, and she's swollen and she's gained all this weight and she has to make it to this meeting because the CFO quit or something and now she has to raise fun- I don't know what it was but it was just crazy this scenario where she has to race across the parking lot to make it to this meeting and she's you know like like you know, what is the what is the phrase for when you're like walking like a penguin um wa- um <laughs> waddle waddle she's like waddling like over wallow. as fast as, as, yes. as fast as possible and i'm thinking this i don't want this you know yeah. like if this is success um I, I don't, I, I, you know, I'm, I feel like my life is precious and my, my days are important and how I live them is important. And I don't want to live that, that way. And if that means that I won't reach the heights of success, then well, you, you know, so be it, I guess. There's, there's a lot that I'm willing to do. I'm willing to work hard in a lot of ways. I don't want to, I don't want every day to be insane, you know, and then still yeah. feel at the end of the day that you didn't spend enough time with your children. Yeah, I know. And that is valued. Like you're, you're killing it if you feel insane all the time. I mean, Louise Perry was making this point in our conversation. She said, you know, these, these companies that will pay for your, your breast milk to be FedExed so you can yeah. be on a business, you know, FedEx yeah. home so you can be on a business trip in China and your nanny can, you know, bottle feed your breast milk. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. But it is, yeah, it's I it's just it's it's really hard. I mean, that it's so funny with that book because I I had wanted to do a book like that for so long and everybody in publishing told me it was a terrible idea that there was no audience for it and I kept saying no, like people are really interested, especially parents, you know. And the reason I wanted to do it was cuz I just felt like the whole conversation around choosing to be a parent it was so reductive people who chose not to have kids would always say things like i'm too i would rather have an expensive pair of shoes than have kids it was like they it was, there was such a stigma <laughs> it was so taboo to just say this just isn't something i want to do that people would say things like oh that boat in my driveway is my child like 
it, it, somehow nobody could just say the truth, which was like, oh, it's just not for me. And right. I, I feel like it's actually respectful to parents, like to say, like, yeah. I understand that this is a really hard thing and an important thing. And I'm going to think hard about whether or not I want to do it. That is like the ultimate respect paid to parents. Yeah. And yeah. so that's yeah. I just people just like I just feel like the whole discussion need to be reframed. Um, yeah, when people say that they have, they have like a dog baby, you know, they're, I they're, hate they're, that. I, I hate that. I can't. They're it fur, makes ba- me fur so babies. So mad immediately. Yeah, it just, I know. Because it's like there's you have no idea what you're talking about. You know, there's 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 no comparison here, and it's insulting. Yeah, I know it's, exactly. <laughs> it's like saying something is racist. Is there a parallel to be made here? Yeah, like if you say every if you say everybody's everything's a baby, then nothing's a baby. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Only babies are babies. And, um, you know, I, I, it's interesting to me that given so much like technological advances, I mean, the, the, the breast milk delivery, for example, there's so many things that we have, we are now able to do to make the lives of working women manageable. And yet we're still faced with, you know, uh, maternal feelings, you know, maternal yeah, desire getting in to the way be there, there yeah. right? Um, and I, I, that's what I find lacking with a lot of the disc- the Sheryl Sandberg-ish discussion, um, that that there isn't enough acknowledgement of uh, the differences in, in maternal desire to, to be near children and to be around them and, and to spend time with them, especially when they're very young. Um, I was reading a New York Times article. Did you see this a couple of days ago? That was about how there's no maternal instinct or something. Oh, I didn't read it. I mean, I just thought that's absurd. Is this just one of these things? Somebody's trying to peddle their book or something. That's, that is what she was doing. And evidently the book, I mean, I think the book is going to be a little bit less ridiculous than that. Um, Mm -hmm. but she, she, she touched on all, she, she didn't just touch a science of it at all. It was just like, this is a mother, like mother nature is a, is a narrative, you know, perpetuated (laughs) by, you know, start began, began the industrial revolution, but there was all these, um, woman hating, uh, intellectuals around, you know, a certain time in the West that, that, that prompted this idea that we have now taken for granted. Um, and I just don't know. I don't even know what to do when somebody comes out with that because it's it's to me it's like it it's denying the most obvious thing. You yeah. know, it's just really right in front of you, and it's very hard to uh, to, to to just. And this woman is evidently also a mother. <laughs> the right. person who wrote this, which I I don't get it. I don't get how a mother can say this. Um, it's a little bit of like, it's kind of um, like a self gaslighting, you know, like the the feelings that yeah. I'm feeling, I'm feeling because it's a social construct because everyone is pressuring me. me. Yeah, mm-hmm. everyone's pressuring me to feel this way, and that's why I'm feeling this way. Um, and I just feel like it's this is a very unhealthy way to reconcile our biological needs and desires and the kind of more advanced, uh, you know, social desires that 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 we're embarking on. In, yeah, in it's this just new more part age. of this disembodied life that we live. I mean, it's like the same thing. Sorry, we have to. It's the same thing with like the denying sex differences. It's yeah. like why? Why is it so important to deny this? Like why? Why is it? How is it hurting you? I mean, it's the, the other side is going to weaponize it if we acknowledge that there are inherent differences between males and females. Right. Um, I mean, and there's. 
it's it's that fear always of going backwards right uh, of, right of you know we need to we need to have this we need to perpetuate this narrative because without it we don't have the justification uh for certain freedoms and and liberties so if we you know if we want the workplace to be a welcoming place for women if we want to convince employers to take certain steps to make the workplace um, mother friendly, we have to also at the same time be talking about how it really is all these cultural and construct. And if, if these barriers were taken down, women would just soar. Like you're going to have to get used to these women at high levels of achievement, not having kids. Like this drove me crazy with Kamala Harris, right? Like during mm-hmm. the campaign, it was like, oh, she's a, uh, they had the campaign video Mama. You know, Mamala. Oh, she and oh, she loves so her stepchildren and her, you know, and they really had to emphasize that she had maternal instincts or they because they thought otherwise it would be alienating to voters. And it's like, well, you know what? If you're going to have women in these positions, get used to it, especially yeah. of certain generations, because to yeah. me, it's very, very hard to get to that level. If you've got kids and, you know, there are exceptions like Ruth Bader Ginsburg had children very young but I, she, her, that was, there's always, it, it's always these outliers. That's the other thing too, is like every time you try to say like, let's look at the reality of this, what's actually possible for most people, then people come along and say, well, look, what about this person? Or what about this person? Any CEO of a company is not normal. I mean, these are, yeah. these are, this is a very tiny sliver of the population that are occupying these these positions this is the other thing it's like when you try to say like you know women are never women have never been doing better and men have never been doing worse and then people come along and say well why is it all these white men running you know they're they're the ones that are ceos of these companies well you know that's a tiny tiny sliver of men most men are doing way worse than most women yeah yeah i mean and it's um it is a painful thing to reconcile with i mean i i can understand why women want to be in this sort of denial phase for as long as possible about both about you know just ha- the having it all narrative um but also just just various sex differences that we can't we, we can't seem to really be able to grok <laughs> while also supporting mm-hmm. um equality among the sexes but like and- what oh sorry go ahead yeah, I mean, it, I was I was looking through second wave feminists, like heroines of mine, <laughs> mm. that I, you know, um, and and just noting how how many of them had no kids, mm-hmm. um, and it was just, it was so eye opening to see the one after another after another of these women who were championing social equality among the sexes and especially women's empowerments in terms of entering the workforce, taking charge of of you know economic freedom uh as themselves not have having not having any children right um and 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 i you know that that is something it does part of me you know it it breaks my heart a little because it makes me think that okay well then there's there's these heights of achievement that they're just not accessible to me or they're just going to be much 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 more difficult for me um but at some point you have to look at your life and 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 weigh what matters yeah you know to you yeah i mean what would if anything make it easier 
for mothers. Like when we talk about potential solutions, whether it's, you know, having daycares in every workplace or even something like reparations for women who've had to drop out of the workforce for periods of time and fall, fall behind with, with in wages permanently. Like, is there anything that you think would actually help? Well, my perspective now um, is that I don't know about things like universal daycare, all of these, I'm not sure to what degree they can actually solve the problem. Um, they present a lot, many problems on their own. Maybe they'll make life easier for some women. Um, but I don't think they will. Uh, the, the fundamental problem is that when a woman has young ch- children, she both needs to and wants to uh, be near them and be with them. Right. Um, for the majority of her time, and of course, she maybe she just needs a little bit of help. Every everybody needs a little bit of help, uh, but she needs to do that. So what we need is to, inc- I think, if I could do it all over again, you know, if I could start my life again, I would tell myself, Sarah, have children early, you know, have as even early as possible, than you did. even earlier than but I like did, earlier than fourteen. Is what you're saying. Earlier than fourteen, mm-hmm. have them the second I get my period, just to get pregnant. Yeah, that way you'll never have to get your period. <laughs> that that's actually that takes a load off too. Right. Oh, it does actually. Yeah. It, it really does. It's it's so nice to better not. better pregnant than cramps. Yeah. Well, a- I mean, when you're breastfeeding, also you're not. That's um, true. For for a long time, usually you're not. Uh, you don't have your period, which so is so you would nice. tell you would tell yourself to e- start even earlier. I would tell myself to start. Er- this is what I'm telling young women now. I'm saying uh, start earlier, get it over with. You know, to get the the young children part of your life over with and you don't you don't want to wait till you're 35 right you're at the you're at the time where you really need to be taking on managerial roles and taking on a lot of responsibilities because you're the grown-up you have some amount of experience under your wings you know it, it that is the exact wrong time to start a family um so i i it wish is, but okay but how are they supposed to get even off the ground if they're in their 20s right so i think that that's that's the extent to which maybe we can have like a societal conversation. I think if it was more normal for women to be kind of entering the workforce at a slightly, slightly older ages, Mm. um, it would make life easier for a lot of women. Um, Just if it was okay to say, look, I just had a bunch of babies um, for these, you know, seven, eight years and I had part-time jobs on and off. Now I'm, fully entering the workforce then, uh, as you know, an get, early 30s then woman. the men are going to speed ahead of them. I can just imagine what but of, people of course, are thinking. But, speed, so either they speed ahead at the beginning or they speed ahead right. at the end. They speed but the men ahead, need help, <laughs> but, this, but the men are falling behind now. I mean, is it not true that the the wage gap is actually, do, do women without children make actually on average slightly more um yeah i think it's a mother it's a motherhood gap yeah no totally is but even yeah but even like if women yeah women without children make more yeah uh, i think they do better young women especially young women young women do better than young men um if they if they're childless yes right um but at some at some point you know biology says hey like what's up girl you know like do you time to slow down slow down hey, now girl. or slow down later um and I, I think it's better to i think it's better to to you know um get done with the biological aspects of it when you're younger simply because pregnancy is easier young children yeah. are easier like staying up all night is easier when you're 21 than when you're 31 than when you're 41 um and the you know if we're just talking about life lifestyle quality you know the 
ge- general ability to 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 go through a day, make it to the end of the day, and not want to kill yourself. Um, it is easier on the pregnant person. You, okay, that definitely. But do you think that people are gonna? wonder what they missed in their 20s and then that's going to bite them in the butt later um probably they're going to wonder but i i don't wonder what i missed well but you it sounds like you really timed this right i mean because it's not like you were it's not you know you 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 dated and you were i barely dated i barely dated i I dated in college and then i did it for like three months after college and that was it i mean do you think that the dating apps are, I mean, this is such an obvious question, but like they are giving people the illusion of endless options. And so it makes it oh, even yes. more difficult. Yes. Like if you're just, if like, because before the apps, I mean, there was a sense, I mean, I lived in New York city in my twenties and you definitely, I had the feeling like, well, no, I'm not, I shouldn't settle down now. Like the world's my oyster. Here I am. But I didn't feel like I felt like I I knew the people I knew. Like I was going to, my options for friends, boyfriends, anybody was just going to be in the form of people I ran into in real life in the course Mm -hmm. of my day. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that just sort of inherently felt more manageable than the swiping. But you, so you shared with me this really interesting, um, Twitter. Thread oh, that Twitter. That thread. I, I actually have I it pulled up. Oh, yeah. I wonder um, if we should talk about that in the bonus content also. But yeah, but yes, that's right. I yeah. So you, you you brought that up, and I I it's this young woman um, who we don't have to share her name, right? Because it's not. No, relevant. I don't think but, we uh, should. Poor. I think she, she got total. She's like not a big account. Poor girl. She's just a she normal got person super, who got super ratio viral. Yeah. Um. So she said that she was baffled as to how people found love before dating sites and social media was settling the norm, or did everyone just happen to be romantic and compatible with the person sitting nearest to them in class? I asked my rabbi how he and his my wife met. They spot he spotted her by chance while visiting her college and asked around to get her name. Then years later, saw her name listed in the apartment building he had just moved to in a different oh, state. Ran yeah. into her on the train, introduced himself. Like, and she's just like baffled. That this, I know a this, lot of stories happened. like that. Yeah, yeah, and so I, I totally understand how younger people are because because they have they they filter their social life yeah. through you know, social media first. I mean, I, I think I, we discussed this a little bit on the podcast before, but I was talking to this uh, about this with um, um, some of the younger people in my family. And they were, they were telling me that this is not just how they handle dating. This is how they handle friendships. This is how they handle all manner of social relations. Um, you might meet somebody in real life and you swap your Instagram handles or whatever. Oh, and God. then you go through yeah. their Instagram oh. Um, and you see if you're compatible and you, you know, based on how they're presenting themselves, you see, oh, is this somebody who's compatible with me? Even to be friends They're talking about friends. This is friendship. This is, this is, this is friendship. Uh, You know, uh, and see, do we have the same, they, they judge based on all these little, you know, performative signifiers, signifiers, right. And, and then move forward in that relationship. And I think younger, this Zoomer generation is viewing their social life, um, as mediated by you know this online space in a way that we could not have imagined, and yeah. I think I was just on the cusp of of having escaped that. Yeah, um, that I had a normal. But I I remember when I was getting on uh, on online date, dating sites, and I I did this for like seriously a month. I was on <laughs> I don't know one of them. 
um trad date no no tra- <laughs> um what i don't even know okay cupid i don't know something it was something like that and i i was on it for like a month um and at that time it had just become socially acceptable for young people to do this mm-hmm. um and it, my excuse was like i'm you know new in the city or whatever you know like i'm newly single and so this is what i'm doing um but it, it the stigma had just 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 oh really but wait yeah. how long ago was this like 10 years ago what are we talking about here yeah yeah but so you ago. think the stigma was still around 10 years ago just a little bit I, yeah. I remember feeling it i remember thinking that you know when i when i signed up for the dating sites i was thinking oh is this like weird is this making me look desperate is this yeah. so i think it had just but 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 then i i obviously i didn't feel that it, that it made me seem any any which way powerfully enough to not do it um but it, i think it had just become somewhat more normalized to start doing that and meeting people in that way at that time um and now it's that's how you meet people that's oh, yeah. how you meet men um which, yeah, which I, sounds to me just a recipe for disaster because well, you don't know what you're compatible with no i mean think of all the people that with especially friends i mean i have friends that like i can't believe i'm friends with them right we have nothing right. in common nothing but i love yeah. them you know it's yeah. like it's that's what's the magic of <laughs> friendships and relationships yeah i think somebody had come one of the um twitter one of the responses to that tweet somebody was saying that they were like at a party or a barbecue or something. And, you know, everyone was just standing around complaining about their terrible dating app experiences, but not even bothering to like flirt with or, you know, interact with anybody at the actual party. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. pretty much. It, sums they're it up. addicted to it though, because it's that, it's that illusion of choice that, that you're, that, that she, what she just hinted at was when she said was settling the norm. Right. That's- Her presumption is that with these apps, you know, the world is my oyster and the perfect man for me. Yeah, the, you can the, like Frankenstein kind of thing. Yes, right. Can... It's going to come along and I'm going to and and finally, you know, <laughs> but I, I think um, it'll be interesting seeing these people grow up in the next 10 years. <laughs> I mean, settling has always been the. I mean, <laughs> settling was the norm up until the sexual revolution, really. Right. Well, I don't even know what it means to settle. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's a it's a crazy way of thinking about relationships. Well, right. I mean, before there was the birth control pill, everybody had to settle. People just, the freedoms were non-existent compared to what they are now for men and women, for everybody. We were all slaves to biology before the pill. I mean, that was radical. It was just revolutionary. And it wasn't that long ago. So, yeah, it's, ugh, it's really, it's, it's hard. It's funny. You, you're, you feel like you just, you, you got out just before things got bad. That's how I feel too. I feel like, you know, I, the, the world, I, I just got in under the door before the world got terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I just, I just got out before dating became this very online thing. Um, and yeah. that it became expected to, to do a lot of dating online. Yeah, well, versus... and you can't meet anybody at work. I mean, you used to meet people at work. Right, that was how right. you met. And now I guess you're not even allowed to yeah. ask out your colleague. So I don't know where, yeah, well, where would they meet people, you know, if they, if, if it's, if not from, from these like online spaces. Yeah. Hanging out with friends, which who they're also curating, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Wow. Well, so we've, uh, we've been going a, a while. This is good. This is a little bit different. We're not actually, we, we are not uh, 
analyzing we don't really the have news a or anything. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's sort of interesting to see how people, if people like this or not. <laughs> I, I want to have a, a Zoomer on the pod. Like somebody very young, and I just I want to hear about their because this is so the 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 Twitter thread that you linked to was so wild to me, um, mm-hmm. and her her just point of view was so strange, and you can but I can understand also how she would think this way. Um, yeah, I want to no, hear. She was more really from it. baffled, like really mm-hmm. baffled as to how anybody did this, like before yeah. the invention of. Meanwhile, the they're not having any sex, and they're not yeah. settling down, and they're not you know like <laughs> right. Ugh, it's really hard. Every it look, life is hard. You're gonna have you just you pick your poison. Yeah. So on that cliche. Optimistic. <laughs> um do we have anything to promote? Is there anything you want to tell anybody about? We have Substacks. Go join them. I think at the, at this point, this is when people start to just like move to on the on their podcast app. They they're like, I'm done. Those I know, the but the, it's also, I feel like, okay, so I launched my sub stack. Thank you for everybody who subscribed. You have yours. There's like a really, there's a lot, there's a lot to support out there. But, but you should support us. You should. you should support us. Because we want to our... have hair and makeup. If you want us to be on YouTube, you got yeah, to pony go up some cash. All out. There's no way we're showing up. <laughs> we're going to be like natural. drag queen. Yeah, we're, we're, you know, <laughs> we're going to be, I, we should be in, in drag, even though we're ladies already. I think that isn't that what Kim Kardashian does. Like, yeah, isn't exactly. that what it, isn't that what it is? Like that they don't they look nothing like themselves after that all that. Face I don't paint. know. Is that, I mean, is that not? I don't know. I've never seen Kim Kardashian in real life. I guess I don't just know. So I don't she's, even know, know how sadly, to use a she's very pretty. Still. I don't know how. Like, if I had a, I have my iPhone. I do not know how to like put on a filter if I took a picture of anything. You need apps. You need special. We're gonna we're gonna hook you up. Okay, so guys, this is what you're supporting. If you can, if you if you support <laughs> us, we will go on YouTube. We will be all apped out, and Jesus. we will look like Korean. Um, you know, pop stars. Okay, that's by the end. Of it. I will get canceled if I try to look like a Korean. Sarah, please. Okay, what are you will doing? Will I get canceled? Do you think you're I trying to? Ca- I'll you're be trying okay. to get me off the show <laughs> by making no, me do a cultural appropriation. We'll say that it's my idea, and my my skin tone will be okay. Yeah. Sufficient shield. All right, all right. Okay, well, okay. um, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, thanks everyone. See you in hell. Just remember, there's a special place in hell for women who don't help each other. <laughs> <laughs>